Welcome to another edition of the Hit the Lights podcast. Um, I am very honoured today to have as my second guest in the series, Peter Arrow. Welcome, Peter. Okay. So, obviously, uh, I've got yourself on today. Um, I think as a, probably a little bit of a starter for the audience who maybe do know you, don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I'm an electrician based in Surrey. We run, I run a company with my father, building company. He does largely the building stuff, and I've been taking over the electrics. That's a, a pretty much me, to be honest. I, I do lots of electric stuff. I love the industry and try to get involved with whoever, wherever I can. That's, that's interesting. Then, so you've obviously um, your your old man is uh, a long established business. Is he doing building works? He's been doing it since early 80s. He was originally a plasterer and he's developed his own skills in that time. And now he was the manager of the building company. And then I come along and yeah, I've introduced the electric side of it now. OK, so was there always that uh, avenue in mind for you that you would fill a niche within his company? Or is that something you grew into? It was something that's probably been there from a young age. I mean, I remember being a boy and sitting in the van with him, going around looking at jobs. And um, I actually remember getting tools at a young age and I'd write my name on them, sort of etch my name into a, a trowel, for example, when it was, that would be your trowel. And it, uh, yeah, I got to a stage and went through school a little bit and I sort of fell out of love with the plastering that he was doing. But, you know, I'd still out, out, help out on the weekends, but um it wasn't something I could feel myself doing long term. So his cousin was an electrician. And yeah, he, he got me in with him. And I'm really lucky he was a seaboard trained electrician. So I got to learn what he sort of learned. He, he could cover everything. He really is a, a good tradesman. So I felt very privileged to train under him. And yeah, I've sort of come to an end with him after about six years of of working with him and yeah then started up on my own and gradually business has been growing ever since so yeah all good okay so you don't necessarily operate under your father's business you you have ventured out and set up on on your own then well no well we are arrow and sun limited so the idea is he can slowly start to go in retirement and I can take over the construction side of it as well as the electrics. As um, not a lot of people know, I do also the construction side of it instead of just the electrics. So I have a team of electricians and we also cater. We've got decorators, we've got builders, we've got carpenters, kitchen fitters, plumbers. We, we can, our company will do from the ground to completion. All right, okay. Is that mainly sort of new build properties or refurbishments of, of domestic properties? Is that sort of the it's field? Domestic, but we, we do it all. We do a lot of extensions. We do a lot of kitchen refurbishments and minor building works included in that. We have done new builds. Uh, but, yeah, it covers from everything. I mean, I've been around someone's house to help t- clear their gutters. And, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're building a house. Mm. So you're always busy, which is good. It's nice to have many sort of strings so you can chop and change. And, yeah, we haven't had a quiet week in a long, long time. 
yeah okay now that's 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 good to hear obviously in the obviously in the current climate as well that you've got uh, an ability to diversify and move your your income streams whether whether that needs it or not um so if you take take me back then um you know obviously when you're 15 16 or however old looking at where you were going to take yourself obviously you chose the electrical industry how did you you come through your years of of learning was it on on the job and apprenticeship or you, you know fill fill me in on the, on the gap yeah so I'm, I'm quite young in the year i'm in august so we i left school when i was 15 and went straight into working in the construction industry not necessarily the electrics but i did get enrolled on a level one nvq which I've never actually heard of anyone else doing it apart from me. But for some reason, I went on to a level one and I was quite grateful for doing that because it was a new course. It was the 2330, which I think is when the term electrotechnical came in. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, it was such a short course. We completed all the work before Christmas. But because we were there two and a half days a week, we did a test rig in the workshop. So we got to do two by two metal trunking around the room with conduit in metal with the set bends and the threading tools. And then we got pull singles through it. And that was really good as a, a test rig, apparently. So we then we got to get the testers out. And so even though the first year you weren't doing a lot. I probably did more in that first year than we did in the other three, just because they had time to fill. So there was a tutor who was just happy to show you whatever. We did mineral insulated, we did armoured, we did, yeah, loads of stuff. It was was really good, to be honest. Okay, no, that's good. Did you find, obviously, I'm assuming uh, you obviously had more time for practical in the first year, but did the, obviously they ramped up the technical side in terms of, you know, the, the calculations and stuff did that obviously ramp up up to the third year yeah so the first year obviously we were pretty much just having a go in the classroom then we did level two which was over two years one day a week block release a day release sorry and then yeah we had the day the morning was theory and then the afternoon was practical and we had a booklet we had to work our way through you know, one-way lighting, two-way lighting, intermediate, ring circuits, ring circuits with a spur, just basic electrical circuitry. Um, in the afternoon, you do your, your level two theory work, which was good. That was over a two-year period. And then, yeah, I did level three. But for some reason, our college only said that five people could do the NVQ. So you got a level three technical certificate and a level three NVQ. So I was lucky enough to get enrolled on this NVQ, which being probably 17, 18 at the time, didn't really know a lot about, but I thought if they're offering it, I'm going to go for it. And yeah, we did all that, which is all your um, practical competence. We, I remember going into meetings with like care homes and stuff we look after and I'd be getting photos with the client saying you know this is me handing over certificates and filling in my portfolio that way and did yeah you, so I did, did four years at college. Hmm. Did you find you had a, 
a good range of installations to be able to fill the portfolio because obviously that's one of the the key elements isn't it yeah i mean to be honest again i'll i'll keep going back to this but i was very lucky to be working with the guy who i was working with because he could do it all he was as i said trained by seaboard and a lot of people would consider that classically trained he could do high voltage he could do whatever you put in front of him you know he's also could work on your car and so it was great having conversations with him at work and we could we do it all do a bit of industrial work did a lot of commercial a lot of domestic but any situation that would arise he could quite happily diversify and his knowledge would would get you out of trouble so then from leaving uh his business was it a, a completely separate business to you your, your dad's and then making the change into stepping up yourself for, with responsibility was that the general gist of how you developed yeah it was a it's a really interesting thing that happens because you go from being on site working thinking i can do all of this there is no problem you know i'll go to site i'll do my job i go home but all of a sudden you don't necessarily have that person you can turn to to say I may have messed up here or how would you get over this and it was just me so I managed to get enrolled I was a um, become QS of the company with the NIC so then I went out and we uh, had a nice extension job new boiler wiring you know sockets kitchen hot tap so I got to do a bit of design work and work out how we were doing it. But then the boiler wiring, I, something happened, I can't quite remember, but there was an issue with it. And it was a matter of, I'd run two cables, but they'd got labelled up differently at both ends. And it threw me. I think I spent all day trying to figure it out. And I thought, I can't ring him. I can't ring him to, you know, hold my hand and guide me through it so it did take me a day but I've managed to suss it out and I, I got there in the end but it's really different it's sort of like the stabilizers come off mm. and you then go out and you have to prove what you're made of sort of thing yeah no I found I ended up having an internal monologue of the electricians that had taught me and I ended up just having to stop myself when I was doing some jobs and end up right what would I be telling myself to do right now and then <laughs> focus on that to not get overawed by all of the work that you had to do but just give yourself the task by task so that you can function and manage it even under the pressures yeah exactly yeah it's um on that sort of subject it, I was thinking the other day we're on a quarter of a million pound project and there's a huge amount of cable going in and I, I don't even think about it anymore Oh, you know, back then I'd have you know, been really nervous and been high levels of anxiety, but it just becomes the norm. You, you know, you get that experience and it doesn't phase you so much anymore. Yeah. Rep repetition obviously helps, doesn't it? Once you've repeated a task enough, it, it becomes second nature like any skill, I assume. So. Yeah. So obviously you're now obviously in full flow then running your, your, your dad's business and how... how uh, long have you been doing that well again it's still a bit of a transition period but he quite often goes away on holiday or he's not on site as he was once it's all right we're in a transit i reckon over the next year i'll probably be i'll be there it's um 
in terms of all the other activities then that comes with running a business have you started picking up all the the different things that he used to do have you got your own way of doing things yeah, I would say I'm probably my worst critic and I, I take pictures of all my work not just to post them on social media I mean some I don't but I'll just sit there and I'll bring it up quickly at home and I'll look at it and then I'll put it away and then I'll look at it again later and I'll constantly try and find fault in it just to try and make it better and it was it stemmed from my very first NIC inspection because every job I do I look at as if I'm the assessor and I try and find a fault in it you know just to better myself and I'm not saying they are perfect because I can find fault in a lot of them and I put pictures on social media for the feedback so I can improve I like having that chat with people on site and and online and we learn things I think it's the best way of doing it yeah definitely I'd agree with that so obviously then in your in your own development then as an electrician I assume you you've obviously qualified you got your 2330 did you find that you jumped straight into getting the like 2391 or 2396 or any of those sorts of qualifications yeah I think back now but yeah we did the level one two and three I say we because all my college and training courses I do with a colleague well it doesn't work for me but we we grow up and we share experiences together is um, yeah, a good friend of mine who I've made at college, but we both went on and did the 239495, which yeah. was the replacement for the original 2391. And that was straight after doing the NVQ. Uh, and we both got that. It was fine. Yeah. It was, um, I was lucky again because we did a lot of testing, loads of testing. We had a, um, a care home which we'd look after. So every time one of their tenants would leave the property we'd go in there test and inspect or inspect and test as I should probably be saying and loads of EICRs again whenever you do a board change EICR first so I was really lucky to get to do loads and loads of testing so it, it just comes second nature to me to be honest. Have you picked up any good habits that you could share for EICR testing any little tips you could offer potentially the biggest tip that I would actually give anyone especially one-man bands is I mean it's a difficult tip but price for a full day's work and all this 85 pound a test 50 pound full test, you're not going to do it a little anecdote I like to use is I had a client who was buying a 600,000 pound house and I think I put in 275 to do an EICR for the day and he said, well, I've got someone else here who'll do it for £120. And I said, well, if you're going to spend £600,000 on a house for the extra 150 quid, I can promise you that I'll tell you what's right and wrong with the installation you've got here. I said, not only that, but I've got builder's knowledge. So if I'm up in the loft crawling around looking at things, I can tell you if something looks rotten or not right. And I'll be doing a bit of a survey while I'm here. But I can you know, guarantee you my integrity will show on the report you're about to receive. And he went with it because I managed to sell it. And obviously I delivered on that. Yeah, but, I think it's, it's always good to give clients a step by step advice, isn't it? And just be fully uh, transparent on what you're offering and the skills that you bring to the table. And obviously, I think if they soon went away and questioned the people that are offering these 
you know, five pound a circuit, eighty-five pound a test sort of stuff, they'd soon get a, an unsubstantiated response. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult thing because at the end of the day, I know a lot of people that, especially as landlords, they just want a report to say, okay, and they don't care if it is or it isn't, which is terrible, really, and it's quite disheartening for the industry. But I think we just need a few good eggs out there to just carry on and inform and as we are. Yeah, definitely, 100%. So probably back to yourself then. Obviously, you said you did the, the 23945. Have you kind of maintained a trajectory on that in terms of like your learning and CPD? I've I've done the 2396 last year, which was good. I think out of everyone that's ever done the 2396, I've probably put in the most hours ever into a project. I think I spent a full six months just every night, hour, two hours, all night, just researching and learning i think i read all the guidance notes about three or four times and yeah i was truly encapsulated with it one of one of the things i haven't actually done is the 2396 so would you mind breaking it down a little bit so you say that obviously there's a project yeah i mean the project was quite easy it was very similar to a house the one i had was a sports leisure complex there was three hot water cylinders a pump um, some outside lighting, and then just large communal areas and a little office. But, um, so, so in terms of that, what what are you expected to deliver? Is it like a coursework? Yeah, so you would do the full design for it. So you would do external influences, your design current, you'd take that through, you'd pick your breaker, you'd do your all the way through, and you'd do your volt drop, R1, R2, ZS, PFC, check your area back, make your earths all right. You design it in a way that you'd include your grouping, your thermal insulation. So all your correction factors are there. But the beauty of it is, is you can design it to be easy because it's not a complex system. So if you're going to run 10 cables together with 300 mil of insulation on top, then you're going to have some really difficult counts, you know, big cables and it's not going to work but again I said mine was of a warm roof construction so I could straight away eliminate all the insulation Mm. and then using the um, spacings you know the 0.4 to 0.25 joist span because you've got um, room sizes and where the walls are you can run the cables and I yeah worked it all out with a scale ruler and I put on 10% for difference. It, it, was, it was good fun, to be honest. I, you know, I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's good. Is, it, is there any other aspect to it other than the project? There's an exam. And I think that's the one that catches a lot of people out. Okay. Is that, that multiple one? choice or is that a written? No, it's a proper one. It's a written. Okay. The, the one I did, I think there was something like a 63% fail rate. Right. And I was one of the ones that passed so i'm quite happy about that i sat it once and i passed it once so yeah. i'm quite, you know a bit of a self pat on the back for that yeah but, no, definitely well done thanks yeah gotta put the time in don't it's nothing like the 2391 or the 239495 you've got to know your stuff to pass it and it all will become apparent in the first 10 minutes you sit down in that exam yeah that's something i've considered to go back and and actually achieve that milestone for myself you know brush up my own knowledge and and skills again 
Um, so I'll probably look at doing that in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely recommend it to anyone. <clears throat> and with my own guys, I'm telling them when we get there, you'll be doing it too. Because I think anyone who's out on site making choices of an installation should have that knowledge. They should know what, how it's going to affect the design and why they can do this, but why they shouldn't do that. And I, I think it's a brilliant course, and I would encourage anyone else to do it the same. Okay, brilliant. That's really good. Um, so in terms of going forward then, future, have you got anything lined up for yourself? Do you uh, have anything in mind? Well, I think what I'd be going for on a sort of a my next path is I'm just currently finishing the Eng Tech, but I'd like to do the I Eng and eventually try and get to the C Eng if the work I do permits that. Yeah, I don't think there's probably any reason why you shouldn't. Obviously, um, if you show the right skills and if you're a manager of a business, you're responsible for people. Um, as well as doing design engineering challenges, I don't see, I don't think the application is is necessarily the the thing that should hold you back. I don't think have enough value in what the people do domestically. No, I mean, it, I'm, I'm going to give it a go regardless. I'll, you know, I'll give it all I've got. Only time will tell. Yeah. No. Well, best of luck with that. In terms of your day to day, then, what sort of things are you kind of doing on a day to day basis at the moment? So what I've got at the minute is we are absolutely inundated with work and sort of I'll get onto site and I'll start myself a little project. I'll get the I've got two apprentices, so they'll be split between me and a colleague and we'll be getting on with work and then I'll be getting the phone calls, you know, we need these materials, how's this job progressing? We've got this issue, so I'll be sort of consulting and having the chat with people and seeing how we can go but my actual work I do installing I'm slowly coming away from seem to be coming more and more off the tools which is is difficult because I love being on the tools you know I can't wait to go to work I love being at work and I love looking at someone at the end of the day thinking I did that Mm. but I think the way my career is naturally progressing as I will be coming off the tools and I'll be passing it down to my colleagues however I've been giving them more responsibility and they're living up to it they're doing brilliant work so I'm really excited to see how that pans out as well yeah delegation is always key isn't it Um, and giving people opportunities for responsibility you know people nine times out of ten always tend to rise to the occasion yeah, I mean, he definitely has. I mean, we've started a rewire and I've been there sort of two days and he's been there for three days with one of the apprentices and, it, yeah, lovely work. Can't can't fault it at all. He's just gone there. He's done more than what I'd expect him to do and it's top quality. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with him. That's good. So, obviously, you mentioned there about enjoying the electrical industry. What What is it that really gets your fires burning what do you what do you really love about the job it, it's all of it i i'm a massive electrical fan anything you want to talk about even if i don't understand it but i always joke with the decorator on site because they all go and have their sort of football banter which isn't something i necessarily follow 
I said to him, uh, you know, you go off talking about football and everything, but if someone comes in here and wants to talk about the thermal capacities of a cable, I said, I'm all over it. I'd love that. And I could talk about it for hours. So it's a bit of a bit of a joke, but all of it, I, you know, I'll wake up and I'll be thinking about some weird electrical thing, earth loop paths, TTs, EV chargers, and I'll probably carry that through all day, which it, it sounds really sad, but I love it. And yeah, I, I buy all the books, I read all the books, and then I'll read them again. And I'll even I've got some guys doing level two and three papers, and I'll be looking at the level two and three papers thinking, oh, I forgot that, I'll relearn that. And, and then, yeah, then I'll, I'll even talk to people online. I know they've got the Sparky Ninja pages and electricians community on facebook and i've even helped a few guys out with their 2396 projects and all day i could talk about it all day long and i have yeah (laughs) so obviously one of the things i noticed on your your linkedin page was that you're um, an iet ambassador do you want to tell me a little bit more about that because obviously that gives you an opportunity to talk about it doesn't it yeah well it's a new sort of role I've been trying to get into and it's with the aim of assisting further education colleges so apprentices mainly and I'd like to I've got a bit of quite a good relationship with the local college but I'm aiming to try and get in there probably of an evening because I'm quite busy through the day but just help out I don't care if it's doing the practical stuff or it's theory based or just help because they need help don't they mm. you see a lot of people and a lot of the education going on at the minute sometimes maybe the tutor isn't up to it they haven't got the passion or the resources but i'd more than happily offer a day a week or an evening a week should i say going down there and and just helping out it's i have that passion for it and i i like to think i'd be an asset yeah no definitely so Obviously, you're saying further education. So are these the guys who are entering the industry quite late or are they just adult learners? Well, it's just end of school leavers, really. But again, if it's an adult learner or a mature candidate, it it doesn't matter. I regularly talk to someone who's in his 40s. He's just come into the industry. And again, I've got my apprentices and just anyone. It's, It's all learning, isn't it? And it's all helping out. So if I can help out in any way, then I will. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. Um, obviously, I've, I've seen you're a STEM ambassador as well. Yeah, again, that's another new role. But with some contacts I have, some people I used to go to school with, they've now become primary school teachers, secondary school teachers. It's just another avenue I can take to try and raise awareness in the industry, I guess. Just for those uh listening obviously stem is the science technology engineering and mathematics in terms of further education then going probably back onto that what are some of the challenges that you find um obviously we kind of touched on them a bit in terms of resources and stuff but what about the actual learners themselves what sort of challenges are you helping them with well, it would just be competency. I think there's nothing better than bringing industry to the classroom. So however good it is having a tutor there saying this is how we do it, but he probably hasn't been on site for a long time or perhaps he's never been on site. But I'm out there every day doing the work. I can say this is how we'll do it. This is why we do it. 
and these are the current technologies and this is how they get used. Mm. So what's the um, favourite technology you've experienced so far then within the industry? Well, again, there's loads. I mean, I've become a big lover of these Wago or Vargo connectors because when I was working with the other guy, everything was connector block and I still use connector block, but there's a time and a place for either. And these, these Wagos are brilliant. You can, you know, connect cables together. It's not doing any damage to the conductor. And you can, if there is in the wrong place, take it out, swap it around, put it in the back of a box. You're less likely to touch the exposed conductive part. I just think it's a great step for the industry. Yeah, it's a time saver, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of moving forward then, in terms of like technology, is there something you'd like to see introduced? I think there's there it's perhaps going to happen sooner rather than later but in the data industry they've got testers that will tell you where the break is in the cable it'll say you know 54 feet away you've got a break on the orange of the cat 5 so I'd like to see stuff like that in the electrical world and I know we could all work out where a break is from the resistance we're getting and similar stuff but how quick would that be for fault finding? Yeah, no, I've, I've um, commissioned a few Profibus networks. Um, yep. So the communication networks we have around various, uh, typically valves on, on sewage works. And obviously they what we end up doing is wiring them in a ring. Um, so there's like a resilience there to the, to the network and the comms. Mm-hmm. And obviously when we test with one of the Profibus testers, it shoots the signal down and because it's doing it from both paths it can like you say isolate to the point where the break is or if there's a wrong connection it'll tell you specifically what valve has the wrong connection um, so, so clever yeah so i there is definitely room for that to be introduced in probably into the wider world isn't it yeah i mean there's, there's probably two schools of thought for that in that one is it dumbing down the industry but then if the technology's there, why not use it? Mm. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We're, we're still probably racing to keep up on many things, aren't we, with, with lots of the introductions on the 18th edition with arc full surge protection, probably, I could certainly say industrially I've been doing surge protection, but certainly even arc full is a new one on me. Um, have you had any experience with that yet? Only the videos. I mean, I would love to fit arc detection. I think, again, there is a time and a place for it. High current circuits wouldn't bother on lighting, but we need more CPD for that. So I think the manufacturers should, if they're going to sell it, why not put out loads of information to upskill the electrician that's going to be fitting it? Definitely, yeah. Have you fitted many uh, surge protective devices yet? I recommend them on every single board I fit just the type twos i fitted a type one the other day because it was an overhead line but i have actually had a situation firsthand that i believe would be down to surges or transients and it basically knackered seven undercovered lights an extractor fan and the fan in an oven all in the space of a week right so i you know again introduced the client to the beamer guide to spds i said this is what is being caused by and I think we should go ahead and install one on your property 
and he read it and he said, yeah, no, fair enough. There is a there is an example in there which was very, very similar to what had happened in his house. Mm. So we installed it and yeah, it's been, been fine ever since, touch wood, about two months now. Is that a particular manufacturer you would recommend? I have currently just been using the Luden stuff. I you know really like their boards and that. So they've got a, domestically especially, it's a great price range. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be fitting a Luden board over a split load. I'd say the quality was just as good as a Hager. There's plenty of space. So mm. my go-to sort of brand. Do you have any particular favourites in terms of tools and kit you like to have? Well, I've always used CK since forever. But in the last two, three months, I've been trying to venture out my comfort zone. I've um, been approached by Klein and Superrod, and I've been using some of their stuff. And they've actually sent me out a new punch-down tool today. I was on a job the other day, and I was using the CK punch-down tool. And it wasn't punching down. It wasn't cutting off the ends of the conductor. It, it, I was, you know, I just wanted to throw it away. So mm. I messaged them and they sent me out a new one, which I'm going to be trying soon. I'll probably post a review online, but I've been quite impressed with the kind stuff. And um, I've also been buying some Nipex gear recently. I've got some new side cutters and um, I've got one of those Ergo strips. I don't know if you've seen them. It's like a weird sort of bent bit of tubing with loads of different sizes and serrated teeth and I thought it was a bit of a gimmick to be honest and I bought it wanting to not like it but I've been converted it's a brilliant bit of kit so what's what's the function of it sorry it it comes in a right and a left hand orientation and what it is is you can strip cable with it lexes cat cable coaxes myy meter tails but it, the teeth on it are set to a certain depth, so you won't actually damage the inner cores. And I've given it a good run on this job we've just been at. I've got a video on my page of me doing a bit of cat cable, and I can strip a bit of cat cable with no damage in about half a second. It's phenomenal, to be honest. It's something so simple, but it works so well. Is that something that was adjustable, did you say, sorry, or do you have to buy for a set cable size? No, it's got lots of options on it. It's um, You've got either end as two different sort of diameters for different sizes of cables. And then along one side, it goes from a 0.25 up to a 4mm. And there's also a, um, a, a runner on it, a blade that you can run at the side of the sheath to strip if need be as well. All right, okay. That sounds good. Is that Ergo, you say? No, it's Nipex, but it's called Nipex. the Ergo Strip. Right, okay. Well, that's a recommendation out there for everyone then who's, uh, who's still using a Stanley blade and slicing their fingers up. Yeah, I've been guilty of that one as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's never been a time where we haven't all sliced ourselves. Um, obviously, times have moved on and, you know, I've, one particular job I did on National Grid, they forced us to use these enclosed blades, sort yeah. of similar to kind of what you're saying, where you have the handle and you have to like push your thumb up to release the blade but it's still protecting your thumb and then it was it was really difficult to use so it sounds like there's been good progress on on how to strip cable yeah again it's something so simple but it just does the job that it says something i've probably mentioned in nipex something i'd probably recommend is obviously they have uh 
plumbers um, grips and they obviously sell we typically i think most electricians use the ones with teeth and yep. they they do actually sell the flat kind um that if you use them on the like glands and, and other bits and pieces you won't actually shred it and it, it's almost just like an adjustable spanner um but that's something i'd recommend if you're obviously in the past i've done a lot of hazardous area glands so everything's on show and you don't want to shred the gland no, no, uh, but that, that's something I'd, I'd recommend as a tool if you're, if you're doing a lot of glanding yeah i mean i've got the the nipex or say pipe grips but they are teeth but i actually use some rothenberger um spanners adjustables that's what i use for glands yeah so, the wide jaw on them but they're actually from a plumber's merchant so i was in there one day and yeah they're great to be honest they do me down to the ground that's good so i'll probably put this one to you um is there anything in particular in the industry that's a bit of a bugbear at the moment or something you'd like to to discuss it's probably just the the knowledge of clients they need to know that it isn't just a, a wire even though we may joke about it it can burn your house down and i see a lot more people now putting their faith in plumbers and thinking electricians are just trying to sort of have their pants down and charge them the earth but the reality of it is the materials aren't cheap and i've been to plenty i mean loads and loads and loads of jobs where you look at the quality of the work that someone's left and they've charged you the same price if not more than what i was going to charge them mm. so it, it's hard because how do you know i mean we've all you know i've got the badge we see loads of people with the badge but it's just down to the um sort of the finesse down to how well someone wants to produce the work how you know self-invested they are and, yeah you know, it's good your worst job aren't you so it, it's so obviously you kind of mentioned before that like with your example of um surge protection and stuff like that you showed the client the literature and kind of that got them on board is there anything else you kind of do to show the client your expertise well again an example was the other day we do a lot of work for uh, some various insurance companies so we were on site and they were questioning the price of one of the projects for a rewire he say no i could rewire three houses for this which he could however this particular house had multi-gang light switches contactors it had it was just the most over-engineered house you've ever seen. It was what was, what was the contactor for? Just outside lighting. There was just they, switches they had, everywhere. They had they a football pitch, did they? <laughs> they? They may as well have. There was about six zones outside, just out the back, and then they had probably the same out the front. They had um, three position switches for PIR or manual override. Then they had... Um, and it's really annoying as well because none of it's in armoured or even high tough. It's all singles through conduit in the ground, which hasn't been glued or suitably sealed. And it's showing signs of ingress of moisture and everything you open. You just it's not a job I want to be doing, to be honest. But every time you open a wall, there's just stuff in there. There's Lutron graphic eyes. One room 
which isn't big, has nearly 20 downlights in it. And it's about three by five metres. <laughs> okay. And wall lights and centre pendants, five amp sockets. And it's all the Wandsworth gear, which is a lot, obviously more expensive than the plastic stuff we would normally use. And yeah, you're just trying to explain that to someone that doesn't know electrics. You're saying, yeah, but look. <laughs> yeah. Do you typically, when you give like the quotations, do you break it down in a particular way, like a per point to add that clarity and and make it look more cost efficient for them to reduce the number of points potentially? Yeah. I mean, I have fixed prices per point. So every job I ever go to, I will do a per room per point. So and they can literally say, you know, you've got a double socket here. That's how much it is for one. This is how many you've asked for. So that is the total. And then I'll go down to, you know, down lights, smoke detectors, whatever else. But they they can clearly see. So I always say I'll quote for the worst case. And then you can clearly see what you're paying for. So you can add or subtract as you so wish. Yeah, it's definitely a, a good way to manage clients who have ambitious designs yeah i mean it's the trouble with with our industry as well because a pendant is one price but to fill a room with downlights it goes up very quick and as you do more rooms you know you can double the quote almost yeah definitely do you do you generally avoid the the living like rewires and, and things like that i haven't done a living rewire for probably 10 years if we're doing it through the insurance company, the client will be moved out. And if we're doing one of our extensions, it's it's never normally that bad because <clears throat> we'll get them to sort the rooms out, put stuff in the storage. At the end of the day, they want a cheaper price, as we all do, so we have to make compromises. Mm. What sort of compromises do you generally make in terms of just going from 10 downlights to one pendant or do you do you sacrifice elsewhere? Obviously nothing that will sacrifice quality, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm happy to negotiate. If someone says, you know, we want downlights in this room, I would sort of guide them if I'm being really honest. If I go in a room and I'll put down there's a six downlights here, and I'll look at it and I'll think, well, actually, it really wants eight while we're here installing it. I'll probably just put in eight. If I'm doing, you know, £10,000 worth of work, what's an extra two downlights? It's a little sweetener, isn't it, really? So it's that. But then if I open something and I think, cool, this is going to cost 500 quid or something to fix, then I expect that sort of mutual respect and it works both ways. And to be honest, it, it normally does. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, something that's said quite often on social media is find the right type of client. And I think typically probably 50, 60% of the time, I think most clients are willing to pay for a quality installation. Um, but there are, like you say, those out there that just want bare minimum compliance. And it's... I find I don't really end up on their sites. Maybe I'll go there and price for it, but I never really get much contact beyond that. Yeah, and I think that's probably the key thing, isn't it? It, it, Gauging when you're going to get that type of client and not investing too much time up front as a, whether it's you're a one-man band or you're a a small to medium business um, and and investing time and losing cost and 
overheads on somebody who was never going to be a viable business opportunity for you anyway. Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, we're quite lucky because if, for, say, for example, we, we are short on electrical work, which, you know, hasn't happened for a long time, but we can go and put up stud work, we can tack a ceiling, do a bit of insulating, you know, I don't even care if we're digging holes, it's, it's paying our wages, so that's all it's down to at the end of the day. That's probably um, probably a good time to, to stop right there, but before we go, I've got one last question. What's yep. your favourite movie? So, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I was going to come up with some like, really manly action film. <laughs> the reality of it is, is it's probably Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. I'm assuming you've got young children then. Yeah, but that was before him. He's, uh, <laughs> just so what, go on, go, go on then. I, I want to know why why Kung Fu Panda, because I'm a fan of Kung Fu Panda. I wouldn't say it was my favourite, but I do like the Kung Fu Panda films. So tell, tell me why you like it. Because oh, no matter how many times you watch it, it's still amazing. It's got all the lessons of life about how to be peaceful with oneself, the conflicts, and it's just a funny film. It's just all in one neat little package. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> everybody can go out and watch Kung Fu Panda. Um, thank you very much for your time, Pete. Much appreciate the uh, the chat, and hopefully you can come on again sometime soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. And thank you everyone for listening.